Looky, looky, looky. Hey, boys and girls, it is Friday. Or Friday, as my daughter likes to say sometimes. Friday! <laughs> it's Friday. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team. Farm Bureau Insurance across the state of Mississippi. Off and running with you. And there's going to be a little news here today. I don't know if you realize that, but uh, yeah, we are going to um, we're going to get the SEC. We're going to get the opponents. I don't know that we're going to get the whole SEC schedule, but we're going to get the SEC opponents that each team is adding uh, at some point this afternoon. I don't know when. I don't know if it's during this show or if it'll be once uh, Jake pops up here later this afternoon or not, but we're going to get that. So I don't think I don't think anybody's guaranteeing we're going to get the full schedule, but I know we at least get the opponents today, so I'm excited. Hey, JB, what's happening with you on a Friday? Man, it's it's a crazy Friday. Been blowing and going this morning. Got a wedding I'm officiating down in Ellisville this weekend, so I'll be coming in hot when I get Did down it, there. It would be in Big Jones County, Jones state County. of Jones. When you officiate a wedding, do they give you a whistle? Make you wear stripes? No, that's usually in the first counseling session after the wedding. <laughs> that's more like it, huh? Atta boy. Atta boy. But it's well, just good. weird, you know, nomenclature because you say, well, I'm, I'm doing a wedding. And people yeah. go, what? Yeah, so right. I, I, if you say you're officiating, they go, uh-huh. is, are they fighting already? Yeah, because you're not necessarily preaching a wedding, are you? Yeah, I mean, but that's... I mean, I throw the, a little homily in there, but... Uh, you're you're the preacher at the wedding, but you're not preaching the wedding. You don't preach at a wedding. That's but correct. But you kind of do. Yeah, but as I tell the couple, I'm just talking to them. Everybody else is just there like cardboard cutouts. <laughs> That's it. Hey, and if anybody's tuning in, JV, things may sound just a little different. Here's two reasons why. Number one, uh, I picked up the Farm Bureau Studio... Uh, the mobile version, threw it into my vehicle, and I am in Stark, Vegas, as we speak. I'm in Starkville right now, hanging out at a really cool place, a weekend condo-type place that uh, belongs to Overstreet Properties. Y'all have heard me talk a little bit about Overstreet Properties here in Starkville. I'll tell you more about that. And uh, check this out. If everything goes according to plan, JB, we're going to have a treat in Hour 3. Um, Neil Price, the oh, wow. voice of the Bulldogs, is supposed to stop by. Yeah. And... We're going to distance in here. Um, he's going to bring his own headset. He's going to get on one end of the room, and I'm going to be on the other. Well, you, uh, you're you coming through loud and clear. Sounds Atta good. boy. Yeah. Well, your volume level just dropped off like the edge of the cliff there. Oh, did it? That's what I was going to tell you. You were loud a minute ago, and I could hear you talking to Beaver. Man, Beaver cracked me up. <laughs> Real C. Collins called in and said something to him and then hung up. Right. And Beaver got so tickled. And I want to say that in all the time I've been listening to Beaver on the air, it was the first time that I heard him just completely get his genuine tickle box turned over (laughs) right there on the air. Like it was, there was not even the least bit of entertainment mixed in. It was just strictly Beaver laughing at something that cracked him up. You know, he is usually pretty stoic. (laughs) He's got that poker face on all the time. Yeah, I know. Why does he do that? Why does he feel like he needs to have. Well, I think I think it makes people wonder what he's thinking about. Uh huh. He, he wants to be mysterious. I, yeah, he is a mysterious man. He's a mysterious individual. Um. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Beaver, though, man. He was laughing. That was great. That was great. Yeah, it was the other thing. I could hear y'all talking in there, so I knew something was a little different. Hey, this is a nice place, man. 
It's like um, I've told you about Overstreet Properties. They are uh, the presenting sponsor of the third hour, the new third hour of our radio show here. And it's overstreetproperties.com. And the thing is, they're not just leasing out apartments in Starkville. They're not just like building a, a spec home or something like that. It's a little bit of everything, anything that you could possibly want in terms of either coming to live here in Starkville, permanent residence, uh, investment property, condos for ballgame weekends, or leasing an apartment. If you have a student coming to school here, uh, Overstreet Property is really one stop. So you all need to call Kane, Kane Overstreet at Overstreet Properties. And uh, you can find all the information, overstreetproperties.com. That's where I am today. It gave me a chance to get down here. Uh, JB, I went out and went for about an hour walk on campus earlier today. Sparsely uh, populated campus? Very sparsely populated, yes. Uh, but people were out and about, and most of the people I saw had on masks, even outdoors. Uh, most of the people I saw did. Not all, but most. And, like, the ones that didn't have a mask were generally people that were just out walking by themselves, kind of like me. You know, you're not around anyone. You don't have a mask on, but you're not around anybody. Uh, but I did notice several things I thought you might find interesting. Talk to me. All right. First of all, um, campus landscape crews mm -hmm. buzzing around like busy little bees everywhere. I'm talking working as if somebody's coming to town soon, you know, like or students preparing. Maybe? Yeah, at least preparing for that possibility, right? Um, the other thing was there was a lot of work going on, uh, you know, like over at Davis Wade. Hmm. Uh, crews out there, I mean, they're running blowers and pressure washers and mowers and, you know, repairing stucco on this and repairing concrete on that. Same thing next door at the uh, – um, uh, the Cullisway Depot and the Barnes and Noble Bookstore, all kinds, of, and it just it gave it had the feeling and the look and the sound this morning of people around camp. They are they don't know for sure, but as of right now, they believe people are coming to campus and they're getting it ready. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw a Kylan Hill tweet earlier this morning that he said this offense was made for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it is. He must I mean, be pretty he, fired up. Yeah, he must be, and he ought to be. You know, he ought to be excited. Um, so speaking of that, I'm excited to find out who they're going to play. Um, there, I talked to someone earlier here today. Um, it was interesting. I, I was on campus here at Mississippi State, and this person was on campus, but we were on the phone. <laughs> we weren't actually seeing each other in person. We, I just made a phone call across campus as i was walking with my cell phone yeah and i think everybody is prepared for there to be a release of information this afternoon from the sec about who the added opponents are on the schedule i didn't get the impression that we're going to get the whole schedule released today i just got the impression that we're going to know who those teams are if you're asking me to take a swipe at it for Mississippi State and take a, just a wild guess, take a, a hack at it to see who I think the two Eastern Division opponents that will be added for them are. I'm going to say it's going to be Florida and Vanderbilt. That's the two that I would say, you know, already playing everybody in the West. State already 
has Kentucky on the schedule every year, and they had Missouri on the schedule this year already also. And so I imagine you're going to put a really strong opponent in there. It'll be, I think, either Florida or Georgia. Played Tennessee last year. You look at distance, Georgia. Uh, maybe they're going to take one of those top teams from the east, the really strong ones, and stick it in there. But I think it'll be Florida because uh, I think it probably works out better for Florida too. And Vanderbilt. I think those two will be hopping on to Mississippi State's schedule. What's your reaction to that? If if we were to go strictly speculating, and let's say that happens for Mississippi State, um, uh, I'll ask you if you're listening. Y'all text me on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Text me. What are your thoughts on that? JB, what are your thoughts on that? You're saying Vandy and Georgia? Is that right? Well, no, I said Vandy and Florida. Vandy and Florida. You. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like a pretty good good deal to me. You get one beast and you get one of the least. Uh-huh. So what if um what if it means for Mississippi State fans, what if it meant Vanderbilt comes to Starkville, State goes to Gainesville? That would probably be the most logical because didn't uh, the last time Florida and State played, they were at Davis Wade, isn't that correct? Yeah. So that's I, right. I would assume and, they would Make and Florida's already making a trip this year to the state of Mississippi. They go to Ole Miss on their schedule. Right. Didn't Auburn do that last year, though? Didn't they play at state and then the next week played at Ole Miss? At Auburn. Yeah, sometimes it's, it works out that way yeah. uh, for some of them. If you look at the Ole Miss one, uh, I know we've kind of touched on it before. We know who they are. They play Vandy every year, and they've already got Florida this year's schedule for Ole Miss, it previously had Ole Miss going to Vanderbilt in Nashville. And then it has uh, Florida coming to Oxford. If I were to take a swipe at it for Ole Miss and say, you know, who are they adding? Well, it, it's pretty simple in that if you were strictly going about distance, they're going to add Kentucky and Tennessee. But – I don't know that that's the case. South Carolina is way over there on that eastern you know, side, and they've got to find that, that close Western Division trip. So I don't know if South Carolina gets added to the schedule for one of the Alabama schools. Uh, I haven't even flipped over there to see if they're already on there. But in terms of distance, it, it, and I've understood that that is you know, uh, part of the consideration here, that in terms of distance it would make a lot of sense for South Carolina to go to one of the Alabama schools. But if they didn't do that, they, they're going to probably put South Carolina on Ole Miss's schedule. And I don't know when the last time those two teams played is. I'd have to, you know, flip back through the archives, this crazy scheduling rotation that we have uh, to see. Patrick, on the country pleasing text line, 885-ESPN, 601 number, 885-ESPN. Patrick says, Vandy and South Carolina on Mississippi State schedule. And that would make sense, too, but... You know, State already playing in the West, so the strength of schedule is there if that is considered league-wide in uh, in this algorithm that they're kicking around to try to make the schedules even. It's just that when you look, State already has Kentucky and Missouri from the East, right? You know, and Kentucky's pretty good, but it's not like you have Georgia and Florida on there. You know, it's not like you have Tennessee and Georgia on there already. And that's why I say... You know, in South Carolina, it's going to be a little better, but I think they're going to probably take one of those top two teams from the East and put them on state's schedule. It'll either be Georgia or Florida. I'm saying it's Florida. Denzel, 
White Denzel on the Country Please and text line says, Give me Florida. I want Leach versus Mullins so bad I can taste it. Isn't that something? Everybody, JB, that, that brings up you know, getting Florida on state's schedule, they all immediately go to the matchup of the head coaches, Leach and, and Mullen. And Obviously two of the most uh, polarizing coaches in, in the NCAA. Yeah. You, either yeah. you love them or you hate them. Well, and I think they are two of the three best quarterbacks coaches in the SEC. Who would you know, be the, who would be the third? Okay, who would be the third? Well, who if you were to take a guess, I mean, and I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, one-up you here. I'm just saying, no, like, you know, no, I understand. if you were to try to take a guess on who you think the third is, if, if Mullen and Leach are in some order one and two best quarterbacks coaches, who right. do you think? I'm going with Lane Kiffin. That's, that's what I think. That's yeah. the top three. Uh, in fact, I look at it and I back it up with all kinds of stuff, too. Now, people, especially A&M fans, are going to point to uh, Jimbo Fisher. And, mm. you know, over several decades, Jimbo Fisher has had really good quarterbacks. You know, he coached Jamarcus Russell at LSU. Um, I'm trying to think who were the guys that he coached at Auburn. Uh, was he – I want to say he coached Damian Craig and those guys when, you know, way back in the day when he was coaching at Auburn. And I may be missing a time period here or there. I know he was also there in the in the later nineties, but I think he coached Damian Craig during that time when Auburn was really good, made a right. trip or two. Was so he's uh, got a track record. Jameis Winston, you know, he coached him at Florida State. Crab legs. Crab legs Winston. That's him. Um I'm trying to but think I, of the I, um what what was the quarterback at LSU that came after Jamarcus Russell that was so good? Well oh, after Jamarcus Russell, oh. who did they have? Played a, played a couple Mark. seasons for the Titans. Oh, when, Mettenberger. Mettenberger. Was, yeah, yeah. Was, was he the QB coach and offensive coordinator so. for Mettenberger? No, I think – I'd have to go back and look. I think yeah. he might have moved on. From then. By that time. Okay. he, And and there was some in between Jamarcus Russell and Mettenberger. It seems like, you know, in there you had Matt Mock, Matty Mock, and you had – well, Matt Mock was LSU. Matty Mock was Missouri. I get them mixed up. Matt Mock for uh, – LSU, and right. I think you had Flynn. Matt Flynn, yeah, that's yeah. the guy. Did a little Flynn. tour duty with the with the Packers a few years. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Matt Flynn. He was a backup, you know, for the Packers. He got to play in one game, it seems like, and played really well as a backup. And the Seahawks signed him to some massive contract, and he took the money and just kind of went. Yeah, thanks. You know, <laughs> he didn't pull the Chase Daniel and stay in the league for four hundred seventy years. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't do that. So, um, yeah, those are my top three. Uh, and I could really back it up with examples. I even put a video together about it uh, several weeks ago on my YouTube channel, and it was pretty popular. I, it, I say that, you know, had some views. But I really am confident in those. I mean, the track record of guys, their numbers, whether they're first-year players or third-year players under Mike Leach, at every stop he's ever had, the numbers they put up, the numbers of quarterbacks he's had go on to the NFL – you know, it's just nobody even really debates that he's one of, if not the best quarterbacks coach in the SEC. But Mullen is right there with him. You know, Mullen, to me, has been better than anybody at coaching any type of quarterback to success. And when you look at Lane Kiffin, I think absolutely he deserves to be up there. When you look at, you know, his work at Tennessee, his work at USC over the years, but and I say Tennessee, I know it was one year, but improve them and improve quarterback play. And, of course, most recently, Florida Atlantic, 
Every guy he had got better from one year to the next at Florida Atlantic. But really impressive what he did as the OC QB coach at Alabama. And I know you're talking about players at Alabama who have all these, you know, future all pro guys all around them. But what he did with Blake Sims, turning, you know, this converted running back into the best passing quarterback Alabama had ever had. It's just in- incredible. What he did with uh, Jalen Hurts as a true freshman starter. Yeah, that would be the one for me. He, he That guy incredible. got so much better that, that year. And he I don't believe he would have been as successful at um, at OU had he not had that time with Kiffin. Yeah. You know, because arguably uh, OU's head coach is maybe one of the best quarterback whispers in the country as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Lincoln Riley. Yes, sir. No doubt about it. That's yeah, a good I mean, his name. track records. And you know that Lincoln Riley goes back to Mike Leach. They they have a connection back in the day. Absolutely. Um, you know, it was interesting. When Jalen Hurts was a true freshman at Alabama, we're talking 2016, and State played there. Uh, it was a blowout. The game was not close at all. Uh, it was over before it got started in that 2016 season. It was in Tuscaloosa. And, of course, I'm doing radio ugly game and i remember when that game was over we're in the booth we're getting ready for the post game show stuff the stadium's clearing out players leaving the field coaches leaving the field and dan mullen and lane kiffin met on the alabama sideline of bryant denny stadium and they stood there and they just had a long conversation Okay, so when you're talking about a game, I think Alabama put up like 60 points in that game or something. Like it was ridiculous. They could do anything they wanted to do that particular day. And state fans will cringe when I bring this up, but you know, to drive the point home, it was, um, it was the well, it was 51 to three. That was the final score, 51 three. That to drive the point home, that was a Peter Sermon defense that year, 2016. But they stood there. Yeah, I mean. At a time when, you know, it wasn't immediately after the handshake either. It was a little bit after the handshake, and they met on the Alabama sideline and talked for a long time. And I've always wondered, what was that conversation about? After a game, really nothing for them to go into the locker room and say. There's no point in them, you know, at that point going in there and I guess talking to the team. It's 51-3, to you know. What could they have been talking about? And it was a long conversation. It wasn't just a meeting up. Hey, how's your dad? You know, it was, they were really getting into something. I just don't know what it was. Hey, I think I hear some music. Is that my cue? You got it, big man. (laughs) Yeah, my headphones. I got to turn them up. They're a little different here on the road. All right, more of your texts. I'm coming to you. And we'll peek ahead at the schedule. And a little more news for you here today on this Friday live From Overstreet Properties in Starkville, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me. Back on the show, Dr. Brojo and I hanging out with you here today on a Friday. Welcome in. I hope you'll give me a call on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. That means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. So call me on the Divini phone, 995-1059, 601 number 995-1059. 
Y'all text me as well. I'm reading your texts out here today. 885-ESPN. That's the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage. The best anywhere. I got to get my hands on some of that pepper jack and green onion. I had a package of that months ago. Went through it pretty quick. Loved it. And I hadn't had any in a while. If y'all see some of that out there in Kroger or wherever in your grocery store, get me a package of it, will you? Send it to me. Pepper Jack and Green Onion from Country Pleasing Sausage. I'm all about it. Country Pleasing text line number 885-ESPN. That's a 601-885-3776. 100 grand. He texted me earlier and said, Matt, as usual, what's going on, brother? Glad that it's Friday, and the only thing I can say is kick it off right. Let's go. He wanted some neck. Well, I will tell you, since I'm in the mobile studio, the mobile Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, I'm here in Starkville today, broadcasting live to you from Starkville. You've heard me in the third hour, the new third hour of this show, talk about Overstreet Properties. And so I'm hanging out with Kane and the folks here at Overstreet Properties in Starkville, spending a little time here today, turning a few rocks over, a few stones over, seeing a few people. If you all stay tuned in hour number three, if everything goes according to plan, We'll have Neil Price, Hale State voice, play-by-play announcer for Mississippi State football, men's basketball. He's going to stop by, and we'll chat it up with him in hour three. And we may have some news by that time of who the two added two additional opponents are for everybody on their schedule here in the SEC. And if we get that, great. If not, we'll tune in this afternoon to Jake and Beeve on the drive and see if they have it. So I say that, one hundred grand just to let you know because I don't have the normal – push button play a sound board that I usually do have when we're in the studio. So we'll get you some neck on Monday and I appreciate your text 100 grand and hope you're doing well recovered and we'll look forward to getting back to normal on Monday. Eric earlier today said on the text line is Matt like Prince going with first name only. I'm Matt makes me chuckle for some reason. Well, I don't know what the impetus, what the genesis of that is, Eric. I would just tell you, I don't feel it necessary for me to come in here and go, I'm Matt Wyatt. Because, first of all, if you're listening, like, I guess if you're brand new, but the guy, a lot of times coming in from the commercial breaks, the the big booming voice guy who has his stuff recorded says the Matt Wyatt show. And I don't feel the need for me to repeat it. Plus, I don't know. I want to be on the first name basis with you. Now, it's not at all wanting to be Prince or the artist formerly known as Matt. I just think I'm Matt. That's what I am. It's who I am. (laughs) And I'm glad it makes you chuckle. Why does it make you chuckle, though? It'd be like you saying to me, hey, I'm Eric. And I'd go, hey, I'm Matt. Good to see you. JB, am I crazy? Not at all, man. I had a guy ask me the other day at the uh, golf course, he said he listens to us just about every day. And he said, I don't know. I don't ever, I don't ever know what to call you. And I, <laughs> I said, well, my name's John. He goes, Oh, well, I'll just call you John. And I went, yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, you know, I say JB, I think I got that from when you used to call us. So sometimes on the call screen, it would yeah. say JB. That's kind of what I go by. Yeah. It's just easier, man. And the other part of it is I don't have an easy name to spell or to pronounce like right. Wyatt. People look at my name, and I get everything from Brazier to Bushwa. 
Uh, Matter of fact, uh, in in junior high, they called me Brezhnev, who was then the dictator of socialist Russia. Yeah. Which I I didn't really like that nickname. Didn't appreciate that very much? No, not too much. (laughs) Uh, Brazier. You're right. It's it's very unique, very unusual, one of a kind. I don't know that I've known any other braziers in my life. Yeah. And I've known a lot of people. Y'all feel free to text us. John and I. <laughs> Me and John, John and John. Matt, <laughs> Matt and John. I I cannot believe that I'm sitting here after all these days and weeks that we've done this show, and I still haven't put that sound clip on my soundboard of Jerry Clower saying "Knock him out, John." No, man. It's got to be what I use. You know that was hear. Roger's ringtone. Yes, for certain people that were calling. I used to hear it all the time, <laughs> and it was one of those where. We always talked about Jerry Clower anyway, so when he would leave his ringtone up and during the show, I might be in the studio with him there in Jackson, say, and, I, and he'd leave it up. We'd be on the air, and his ringer would go off, and you'd hear, knock him out, John, you know, and we would just laugh. It's like we didn't even care if it got on the air. We were glad that it did. As a, as a preacher, you have the opportunity to be with people at their brightest moments and also their worst moments. Yeah. Like this weekend, a wedding, great moment. Uh, a funeral not so not so yeah. good but right. you know and uh i was able to attend jerry clower's funeral i also went to mickey mantle's funeral really yeah i was living in dallas when he passed away and our pastor at the church that i was serving uh was from staten island had played football at the university of miami and uh was down there when uh right before uh, snellenberger got there he played for lou saban and okay. as, as I used to tell him, I, I, his nickname for me was Heisman. I would say, yeah, he played at Miami before they were good. Um, <laughs> but he was a big, big uh, Mickey Mantle fan. So we, we went to that funeral. And then when I was living in Centerville, Pastor in there, when uh, Jerry Clower died, uh, one of my good friends there took me over to uh, right outside of Liberty. We went to uh, East Fork Baptist uh, Church is where Jerry Clower was eulogized and buried there. So good dude. Good dude. 1998. Yep. Which is not that long ago. Mm-mm. Seems like it, but it really wasn't. Um, you know, uh, when Neil gets here in hour number three, if I can remember, if we can get on the subject, I need to get him to talk about he, on his own accord, I think it was two summers ago. It might have been last year, but anyway, it's very recent. He went down to uh, East Fork. You know, in that area, right? Uh, Liberty, yeah. Mississippi, <laughs> and he went to the Jerry Clower Museum. He arranged a tour of the Jerry Clower Museum, which is owned and operated by his family. Right. And I think primarily his daughter. That's correct. Okay, and so he went and had that experience. He went to the local coffee shop, where at one time all the men that would get together in that coffee shop every morning, they all had their own coffee cups with their names on them. And I think they still have Jerry's on the wall. Yeah. You know, they hang them on a little nail there on the wall and different things like that. I need to get him to tell you some about it. Well, Marcel Ledbetter was a real dude. And I got to meet him uh, at at one of those little coffee shops in Centerville where all the old folks would gather every every morning. I'd go in and get my paper. And uh, the guy that worked behind the counter, old ornery guy, he said, well, be careful the preacher's there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he'd, he'd he'd say hi to women and children. Here comes the preacher. 
That's funny. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I meant Marcel Ledbetter. I was like, I'd always thought that was a made-up, you know, fictional character, but no, he's a real dude. Yeah. Isn't that something? You met the actual Marcel Ledbetter. <laughs> yeah. JB, that is incredible, man. I he, mean, he just... was about as old as dirt when I met him too. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, fine man, fine. The man. way that Jerry would say his name, he wouldn't pronounce the R. <laughs> it was Marcel Ledbetter. That's what he did. Man, that's great. You could you could start a lot of conversations with that. I met the real Marcel Ledbetter. It's like the time that, with a straight face, the time that Roger said to me on the air, I was in the studio with him right there where you're sitting, John. Right. And, and Roger looked me square in the eyes and he goes, well, look, let me tell you about the first time I met Wayne Newton. Mm-hmm. And he started to continue and I went, whoa, 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 wait, <laughs> hold on a minute. <laughs> and he got so tickled when I stopped him. I said, stop, you can just stop right there. You just told an entire story with your intro. You just said, let me tell you about the first time I met Wayne Newton. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he went on about it. Um, you know, I guess working in the radio business for Roger all those years, he'd run into a lot of people. Met Willie Nelson a uh, yeah. number of times. Uh, met Waylon Jennings. Had met Chris <laughs> Chris Christopherson. You know, one of Roger's favorite songs was Sunday Morning Coming Down. Uh-huh. Uh, but he loved the Johnny Cash version. He, he wasn't really partial to the christopherson version but right you know christopherson fancied himself a singer i don't know that he really was i mean he was a heck of a performer and just a heck of a of a character you know that would be my thing but incredibly smart you know he's a Rhodes scholar no doubt about it had that i mean could the little beady eyes could stare a hole through anything but you know what's funny? I don't know if it's funny or not, but when I was a kid, I had the hardest time um, figuring out in my mind the difference between Chris Christopherson and Christopher Cross. <laughs> <laughs> well, We'd first of like, all, one spells K's and the other one C's. Right. And but, I don't know that. I just hear it. I'm eight, nine years old, and I'm riding in the car with my mom on the way home from school, and she's listening to <laughs> Sailing, Take Me Away. And I'm like, who is that? She said, that's Christopher Cross. I love him. I'm thinking, hold on a minute. The cowboy. <laughs> and then we'd see Chris Christopherson, you know, and he's long hair and beard and, you know, gunslinger here and country singer there. And I'm like, wait a minute. And so I, I just, it took me. A few, I was slow. I was just slow on the uptake. <laughs> well, you know, and and it's weird that Christopherson, as far as his music, most of his songs that were hits were sung by other people. Uh-huh. You know, he doesn't get recognized very yes. often for doing his own music that much. That's right. That's exactly right. Okay, back over here. Eric followed up. He's the one who said, you know, because I always say I'm Matt. And he says, is Matt like Prince? Why are we going with first name only? He said, I was just thinking about somebody passing through the area and stumbling upon the channel wondering who they were listening to. He said, I'm weird. Yeah, look, you know, you get it, Eric. Thanks for your text on the country pleasing text line. 885-ESPN. Is, my thinking is, uh, okay, so if I were to 
meet a stranger. I'm bad with names. One of the things that throws me off, I think, in terms of remembering names is that everybody gives me two names. They give me their first and last name. And so if I meet a stranger, what I hope they do initially is just tell me your first name. It's a whole lot easier for me to remember. Even if I meet a stranger, they go, hey, I'm, I'm Don. I go, hey, Don, I'm Matt. Because then we're strangers. We just met for the first time. Well, on that, if we get to know each other better, I've got plenty of time to learn your last name. But if we never see you again, at least I know your first name. It's easier to remember your first one. I think so. That's what I want people to do is give me your first name. Helps me remember. So maybe I turn that around. I project that on everyone else and I just use my first name. All of that is way, way more explanation than you wanted on that subject. We'll be back to the Matt show in just a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Right back with Matt and John. Uh, Okay, the SEC has already made one announcement today. It's not the one you were hoping for, but it is an announcement. and It will affect the game of football. I'll tell you what they said. That's coming up next. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me. Man, I'll tell you what, John, this is not like work. You know what? It is not, because I love getting up and coming to work, so it can't be work. I mean, it is not like work. You ought to see this. Okay, you'll see it. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm going to live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope the third hour today when Neil gets here. I am in a plush condo. Uh, owned by Overstreet Properties. You can get one like this from Overstreet Properties in Starkville. Talking hardwood floors. Got all the furnishings. I got windows with the sunlight coming in. It's this great open floor plan that's connected to a really nice kitchen over there. And I'm sitting kind of in a living room here, kicked back in a chair, just lounging, (laughs) doing a radio show for, quote, unquote, for a living. You know what I'm saying? It's and good work feel, if you can get it. Well, golly, I kind of feel guilty. Oh, don't do that. There are plenty of people slaving away that hate their jobs. <laughs> yeah, so it's okay to love mine? Oh, absolutely. Man, this is Thank too- you, Lord, for another day. <laughs> well, and it's, the air conditioner works really, really well. It's nice and cool in here and icy. My wife would love it. Turn it down, get, get the windows good and fogged over. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful. Oh, man, she likes it cold. She's so hot in nature. She gets hot easy, and so she wants everything really cold, and I am exactly the opposite. <laughs> I get cold in a heartbeat, can't stand being cold. I want to be hot. This time of year, I'll have literally hours at a time when I'm not on the air where I just go outside. I'll take I'll have work that needs to be done on the computer. I just take the laptop and go outside, sit outside. She's like, how are you sitting out there? It's like the humidity is so thick you could cut it with a knife. And I'm like, it feels good to me. (laughs) And my computer gets hot, and that's the only reason I come back in. So we're opposite on that. She would love it here now. I went over there and turned the AC down, and just in minutes it was like, boom, cold in here. The studio is pretty chilly as well. You know, I guess they have to keep it that way, though, don't they? Well, the hot air in here. (laughs) Well, <laughs> yes, especially yeah, all um, these machines running. They got to keep it a yeah, little, little especially cool. um, from 10 to 12. 
but that's <laughs> that's beside the point. No, I love those guys. They do a great job. They have a lot of fun on a gridiron. I've already said, I've said it publicly before that if I weren't on the station doing a show and I were just random listener picking out the time of day that I would probably listen to the most, it probably would be the gridiron, honestly, because I'm so sports-minded and I think way too much about it. You know, like I go overboard thinking about sports and reading about it, studying it, watching it. That that would be my two hours a day to just let go and let loose and not always talk about sports and spend 45 minutes, you know, talking about mayonnaise or whatever. Right, right. Um, well, I think uh, today they talked a little bit about Burt Case. And, oh. uh, and, and also, I think four of the eight segments in that two hours, I think they spent one half of a segment on sports today. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> that is great. Burt Case. Who was he with? WLBT all those years? Uh, yeah, he started out with WDAM in Hattiesburg. Okay. And then uh, late 70s, early 80s, he moved up to uh, LBT. Uh-huh. When uh, my first job out of college, well, my first job was playing a little ball in Germany and then moved back home and got a job at WTVA Television in Tupelo. And... We they were an NBC affiliate, so every now and then back then in those early days when I first went to work there, they would still get the occasional news story sent up on the uplink from the satellite uh, from WLBT, and it would be Burt Case. And I didn't grow up in Jackson, wasn't in the area that was not familiar, and I'd always get a big kick out of his sign-off. Yeah. Burt Case. <laughs> w, WLBT News. That's the best bird I got right there. Um, listen, we're going to spend plenty of time, and it may be an hour or two, and we'll get to it in a minute. There's some some news from the SEC. I mentioned that to you a minute ago. We're still waiting on the schedule. I don't think we'll get the full schedule release dates and times today. We will, at some point this afternoon, get a release that will include the additional opponents for everybody in the SEC, like which teams are going to be added to Mississippi State's schedule, which ones are going to be added um, to Ole Miss's schedule. All those things I think will come this afternoon. Actually, I'm in Starkville today and was talking to someone earlier who mentioned, hey, that's going to happen. So um, we'll keep an eye out for that. The SEC also did – send out some initial medical protocols. This is just a couple of hours ago. So this is what, you know, for testing for teams, masking, how they're going to wear masks, other things. I'm going to give that to you. But I just thought I would bring this up. Now, I know that we have so many listeners. You've heard the promo, and it's not just a promo. It's the truth. 50,000-watt flamethrowing uh, radio station, WRKS, The Zone, ESPN 105.9 in Jackson, Central Mississippi. So many listeners in that part of the state. But we have listeners, too, on the stream all over the place. And, John, my hometown, where I live now, Tupelo, Mississippi, the birthplace of Elvis Presley, made a decision about schools. Now, this is not unusual for many, many areas around the state. But a few minutes ago, the official Tupelo Schools Twitter account put this out there. 
Breaking news, the Tupelo Public School District Board of Trustees voted today to delay the start of school for students until Monday, August the 17th. So they're pushing it back. I mean, that's 10 days. Um, they did that so. with Hines County Schools uh, okay. a couple days ago down here as well. And, um, yeah, I think uh, I read that there was a Lafayette County teacher, uh, uh-huh. assistant football coach at the middle school, right. passed away uh, while he was self-quarantining. Mm-hmm. They don't know if he had COVID, but uh, they do know that he was self-quarantined because he had been around somebody with the yeah. uh, the virus. Right. Coach James up there. Former teammate of mine at Mississippi State, Michael Fair, is the head coach right now at Lafayette. Oh, wow. Okay. And they've they've done a really good job. And I follow Michael on Twitter, and, you know, he was tweeting about it. You know, now, is that uh, the Fair family that went to Startwell High School back in the day? No, I think Michael was uh, – Michael played private school ball over in the Delta. Okay. Okay. Um, and then came to us as an offensive lineman. He was a really good player. Okay, I want to say yeah, Michael was an all-SEC offensive lineman before it was over with. Yeah. Um, and he was not huge. I mean, Mike was probably 6'2", but, you know, 6'2", 300 pounds, playing guard for us and played center. He could really play anything. Uh, he was a really good player. But, uh, yeah, he's a head coach there. I, I know he tweeted about it. I tell you – Schools pushing things back, you know, giving themselves a little more breathing room as they continue to, you know, gather data. I'm just going to be honest with you, John. We 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 pray a lot as a family. We've done more praying about this than just about anything else lately, uh, as a family, because it's not because we're sitting there as you know, parents of a nine year old who is uh, getting ready to start third grade, it's not that we're sitting there terrified, you know, shaking in our boots to leave the house. That's not it at all. It's just this gigantic unknown of, is it an entirely safe scenario to send our kid into? And, and you know, weighed against the necessity of it also. Now, is education necess- uh, a necessity? Yeah, absolutely. Is school necessary? Sure, yes, absolutely it is. But given the whole scenario, is it a necessity to send her in there now? Right now? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, and, and My wife's a teacher, and I, I have the same feeling about her, you know. Okay, what, if you don't mind me asking, like, what grade? She teaches uh, special ed at one of the elementary schools in Columbia. Okay. Elementary school right. age, yeah. Well, and and I, I I would be lying if I didn't admit that there's also an element of. You know, it, does it make sense for, even if this is not something that uh, really attacks children her age, then what about the possibility that she could get it and transmit it to one of us? You know. Um, or a grandparent. Or a grandparent. And uncle, you somebody know. that's more susceptible. Right. Yeah, something about that. I just kind of feel like we have really, really uh, struggled with making the decision about what to do. And without going into any details of the decision that we had made, we are – it's a little bit of a relief as a parent to – have them push it back and 
You know, delaying things in life in general is not the way to go about life. Always putting stuff off and procrastinating. Just push it back to the next day, the last minute, not making decisions just because they're hard. But this is one thing, John, where it, it just gives us a little breathing room as a parent, a few sure. more days, frankly, yeah. to pray about it. Absolutely. You know? Well, you know, as we talked earlier this week about, you know, we're not called to live in fear, but but God didn't give us a brain for us to, to live stupid either. So yeah. um, I think you hit the nail on the head in the very first sentence you said. There's, there's so many unknowns. Yeah. That's what makes it difficult. That's right. That's right. And so... I would just say that we're we're one family that we're really glad that our local school decided to delay it a little bit and let's put a little more time under our belt before we have to make a decision to drive her up there or not. Hour two coming up.